This is the Shift Podcast. Matt is the uh, the log master for the show. Don't make it weird. Ryan O'Donnell here as well from our Calgary Bureau. Matt's got the giggles with that one. Log master. Log master Matt MacArthur. Yeah, there you go. We try to anoint new nicknames on the show at least once a week, and I think we just came up with one there for Maddie. Uh, 877-399-9898. One of the questions we got for you here tonight, uh, what is the worst gift you've received? Whether it's for Christmas or any other occasion for that matter, if you want to vent, if you want to share your frustration, maybe it still bothers you to this day and you received a crummy gift like years, decades ago, you can let us know. Last night on the show, we played that little clip of the flamethrower melting snow. I didn't get a flamethrower for Christmas. If I did, that would be one of the best Christmases ever. Don't ever trust me with a flamethrower, please. The world doesn't need that much destruction. But we're asking you, what is the worst gift you've ever been given? Here's a clip from when Jimmy Kimmel asked parents to send in videos of them giving their kids just the worst kind of Christmas gifts possible. A battery and an onion. What's wrong? Did you smell your onion? Here, smell it. What do you tell me all the time about my cooking? I love it. You love my cooking, so I made you something. That's just adorable. I, I love Wait, that. Did you catch that at the end? She goes, I love when you cook dinner like hot pockets. Hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Not a home cooked meal. I like when you throw those in the bat the microwave for a couple of, of minutes course. and just feed them. Amazing. That's parent cooking skills right there. Oh yeah, you guys want something delicious, Gourmet? Here's a hot pocket. That'd be me as a parent. <laughs> Thankfully, I am not one. But uh, I mean it just opens the doorway here. Like, what's the worst gift? you've ever received it doesn't have to be for christmas uh these were definitely christmas gifts but uh you know what was the worst you've ever been given I'll, i i i want to go around the table here and ask matt yeah. first because uh, i feel like you're you're in the con you've got this look on your face you're very contemplative and, and you i feel like you've got a story to share oh you know i was just thinking about what i'm doing this weekend um <laughs> no um i you know i i don't want to uh if you receive a gift, you know, sometimes you can't help your reaction to that gift. You know, if if you're a little ingrate and you're just ungrateful and, <laughs> you know, whatever, you're just a little kid who just doesn't know know anything. But um I had a like a bad reaction to what ended up being a really good gift that I actually ended up liking. Oh. Um it was when I was a like a really small kid in Calgary and we would go uh like traditionally we would go to church with my grandma and grandpa. Um and so I got like this gift of of like a bow tie and a and like a little vest and a shirt. So I, very I, classy. Yeah, I think it was six or seven or something like that. And I, I for some reason I just took it like really badly. Like I I cried, I yelled, I did not want to wear it. I was just like, how could you do this? <laughs> how could you shackle my my fashion sense? You ruined Christmas, you know, because like you know I had my look, you know, I had my look down real early um but uh um then i you know then i wore it and i really liked it and i i had a great time i just i felt like it was that initial knee-jerk reaction yeah yeah uh, so yeah like it wasn't a bad gift right. you know but i've and i've never had any bad reaction to anything anyone has ever given me you know i was always very grateful to receive a gift I mean, it's a good point. JoJo texted in, hey, if it's a gift, then it can't ever be the worst. All gifts are special unless it sends you to the hospital. That's JoJo chiming in. I would Great definitely point. concur with that. Ryan, what about you? Do you have a terrible gift that you want to share uh, with us? I have. 
I, my parents are really good with gifts. Most people in my life is my one, uh, my best friend, Brett is also a very good gift giver. My girlfriend, Laura is amazing at gifts, but I had my ex. Oh, it, it's not a bad gift, but tell me if I'm, if this is wrong, I'm actually curious. Okay. So she worked at Vans and I like Vans clothing. And I told her, you know, get me some, some Vans stuff, you know, get me a sweater some socks and you know just i don't want all vans you know just give me a little something and on christmas eve i open it up and everything she got me that year was from vans it was like <laughs> some shirts a sweater socks and i just like i kind of looked at it i'm like i understand you know i know you don't make a lot of money and right. i'm not asking you to spend a lot of money on me but it was like it felt in my heart like it was this is the easiest possible thing i can well, that's do it and the cheapest thing i can do and it just it really rubbed me the wrong way. And mm. I, I don't want to sound ungrateful because like it was nice stuff, but I just thought that it was kind of like she looked at a couple things on the wall and went, yep, you know, that's the kind of thing that your aunt does for Christmas. Right. Where it's like, oh, Ryan might like that. Throw it in there. Uh, you know, I would much rather have heard, you know, you know, get a picture of us framed and then get me a hoodie. So that's more thoughtful. Six hoodies. It was, it was something about that really rubbed me the wrong way. Well, I don't know why it'd be it's not a horrible gift. Just, yeah, it'd be different if she didn't work there because like the fact that she worked there tells me that's just low, um, effort. Like that yeah. was her just at the end of her shift being like, okay, well I got to go buy something. So I'm just going to pick this, this, and this, and this, and he's going to like it. Boom. And, and like, just didn't go through the exercise of actually thinking about going to other stores and thinking about, okay, we're going to get him this and we're going to match it with this. Like if you get one or two items from vans, there's nothing wrong with that, but to get everything basically from there. Yeah. I think there's a reason why she is uh, the ex-girlfriend after all. There you go. Let's connect with Gail out in Toronto. Gail, welcome to the shift. Good evening and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, many years ago, a friend of mine appeared Christmas Day, and she knew that I was hosting Christmas for the family. Mm-hmm. And she arrived with a present, and we don't exchange presents, but that's okay. And I opened this present. It is a kind of a... It lo- it's shaped like a kettle you might put on a bonfire. Oh, and picture a, a white cow with black splotches. Oh. Only it's a white kettle with yellow splotches. Oh. The handle and the spout and the lid are all black. Wow. Now, my parents and my grandmother and a couple of the others arrived for Christmas. And Grandma was sitting there and she was, you could see she was trying to figure something out. She's looking <laughs> under the tree. And I said, what are, you, what are you looking at? And she's pointing. She said, what's that? And I lifted it up so she could see it properly. And I said, it's a teapot. It was a present from a friend. And Grandma looked at me, and all she said was, does she nay like you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that bad, huh? <laughs> it's that bad. Oh, my goodness. So what, what did you end up uh, doing with this thing? Well, it's just kind of sitting with some stuff, and I'm hoping that one day somebody with bad taste will say, <laughs> oh, that's really nice, and I'll say, you can have it. Yes. And use it. <laughs> Inherit this. Please take it off my hands. Oh, I love you know, that. You the funny thing is, it's got an extensive name on it. It does. Yeah, I, I at the moment I'm forgetting exactly what the name is on the bottom, but it's it's got one of those modern, expensive oh. names on it, and I think this is anyway. You know what they 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 tend to say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But what you've described, uh, my mind is creating this mental image that can only describe this thing as just pure nasty. So I'm sorry that you had to deal with this, Gail. I I don't know. I think maybe I should hide it in the cupboard, and then <laughs> when they wheel me out. Um, somebody in the family can find it and say, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what was wrong here? Gail, Thank appreciate you. you giving us a call here tonight. <laughs> you take care. You as well. That is uh, Gail in Toronto. Man, that is a, that's a nasty-looking kettle. I got to tell you, man. Let's connect with Colleen out in White Raw. Colleen, welcome to the shift. Oh, hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um <laughs> Uh, I used to live in Ontario, and my grandparents lived in Edmonton, mm. and they came out for Christmas, and I was in grade nine, which is 
an awkward time, <laughs> and they got me a Kermit the Frog school bag. And <laughs> when, gra- when Grandpa was out, he insisted on driving us to high school. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh, how do I not put my bags or my books in? <laughs> I was mortified for days. I was so, I was so full of anxiety. I thought, I'm oh, oh, Colleen. <laughs> it was funny, and um, but then a couple of days later, my dad just scornfully called my brother, who was in grade eight, up into my parents' room, mm-hmm. and he said. James, Colleen, how do you feel about missing school? We looked at each other just in fear. We're like, no, we would we never skip class. No, 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 Dad, don't, don't worry. He said, oh, that's too bad. Your grandparents were going to book a Caribbean cruise and take the two of you with oh. them. <laughs> so they, they made up for the Kermit the Frog bag. Oh, that's good. That's good. And, you know, maybe it was at a point where, like, Sesame Street and Kermit, uh, it wasn't, like, ironic enough yet. And so at that point, it would have just been bizarre seeing this grade 9 student walking down the hallway with the uh, with the Kermit the Frog school bag. Uh, yes. Oh, well, I'm glad that they could at least try and uh, make, make things equal with that Caribbean cruise. That would have been nice. Colleen, thanks you, uh, thank you for sharing here tonight. Yeah, thank you. Have a wonderful night. You too. That's uh, Colleen out in White Rock. Oh, boy. I mean, hey, grandparents, their heart is in the right place. Their fashion sense and what's trendy at the time may be a little outdated, maybe a little questionable. Let's connect here with Kathy in Toronto. Kathy, welcome to The Shift. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Good. I like your voices. You should be hired for Ontario radios. <laughs> Thank you. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I've never been to Toronto. That's one of my bucket list items. I know. I'm a terrible Canadian. I know. Oh, well, one of these days you can come. I'll, I'll do it. Okay. So I, I have a story. It's not really uh, about a bad gift, but it's spoiling my uh, belief that there was a Santa. Oh. Um, I have from a family of nine, so I have five older siblings and three younger ones. The three younger ones are boys. So one Christmas, uh, before Christmas, they took me downstairs. Uh, in my parents' basement, and showed me where Santa had his gifts. And one of them was an easy-bake oven, which I loved. Right. They spoiled it for me, even though they were younger, and I still believed in Santa. (laughs) They ruined it. (laughs) Oh, come on. Santa doesn't pre-plan those visits and plant (laughs) those gifts. It was ruined right then and there. It was. It was, but... I still love those boys. Well, that's good. But, you know, they meant they meant they were always good getting into something. Exactly, and and you know, hopefully, the easy bake oven was still just as enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a great start. Awesome. Well, Kathy, thank you for sharing. And uh, you know, uh, Santa, he can exist. Uh, you know, as long as you yeah. believe. It's like that Peter Pan thing. You just have to believe. I guess that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, thanks so Very much cute. for the call. Okay, thanks. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you so much. That's uh, Kathy in Toronto. Uh, some sweet words and a pretty painful story. Uh, let's connect with Sharon out in Winnipeg. Sharon, hey, welcome to The Shift. Thank you. Good morning and Happy New Year, Happy everyone. Happy New Year, yes. Yeah. Well, first, I would like to say take that hideous teapot and turn it into a unique, wonderful flower pot for ivies, wandering oh. Jews, or teddy bears. Oh, I like that. And then you just water it through the spout. <laughs> I speak from experience. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's smart. I like that idea. Uh-huh. And I had what was I thought was a wonderful gift turn into a hideous thing and then become great. Yeah. When I was a young teenager, uh, oh, preface, I come from a family where my father comes from money. He was disowned when he married my mother. Oh, wow. However, every holiday, we had to get together with his family. Yeah, great fun. Right. Anyway, so we got envelopes. My sister and I each got an envelope from my uncle for Christmas this one year. We opened it up. There was a $5 bill in it. Whoa, great. We could buy stuff, right? Until Christmas Day for Christmas dinner, we're at their place. All the rest of the family is there. And my cousin Peggy is just thrilled because she got a grand piano wow. and the piano lessons that went along with it. Wow. And it's like, 
Uh-huh. Wonderful. Oh, but then she's a pure blood, so that makes a difference. Oh, man. That's... So I learned to be a witch young. I took the $5 <laughs> bill out of my pocket, walked up to my Uncle Harry, and in front of the entire family, as only a snarky kid can do, <laughs> handed it over and said, you know, I'm really sorry. You shouldn't have bothered doing this. You probably need it to help pay for Peggy's piano. Lesson. Oh, love it. Whereupon my dad got up from the table, because, of course, we weren't allowed to sit at the same table. Oh, we were right. white. But he got up from the table, said he'd be back, hauled me out to the car, took me home, beat the crap out of me, told oh. me I had to think about what I had done. And when I was ready to apologize, I could become part of the family again. Wow, that is a painful but, memory. No, it's a great memory. I never had to see them again. Ah, there you go. Some silver linings. I didn't think I'd done anything to apologize for, so I never would. Absolutely. I mean, listening to that story, I don't think you were ever in the wrong. In fact, I give you like full applause for having the courage to doing what you do, because other kids might just take that experience in that moment and shrivel away and feel like they're nothing. You took that opportunity to realize your true worth and value and saying, no, this isn't good enough. You got grand pianos going out the door here and you're giving us $5 each in an envelope. Thanks, but no thanks. Yep. Love it. And like I say, I learned to be a witch quite young. It's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to pull this off. But it, it turned out great. Oh, I love say, it. I didn't have to ever go back to them again. Good. And anytime they would bring up, my dad would bring up the issue, I'd go, I'm not apologizing, so Heck I can't no. go. Heck no. Kathy, full props to you. That is female empowerment right there and also child empowerment. I love this story. Well, like I say, some gifts can turn out to be absolutely fantastic, even if you don't expect it. You got turn it. Turn that yeah. flower pot into a vase. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, or the teapot, pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> you take something uh, terrible and, and you just salvage it. You salvage yep. it and you turn it into a great story of redemption. Sharon, thank you so much for the call here tonight. Have a great new year, guys. You too. <laughs> that is Sharon Winnipeg. Uh, might be the most badass call we've had on this show in quite some time. I... <laughs> I always say that our listeners are smarter than me. Uh, I'm also learning now that our listeners are just way more badass than me. I have to give full full credit where it's due. That is just fantastic. Kevin in Calgary, welcome to The Shift. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to tell you something. About 15 years ago, I got a gift from my brother. It was like in a box, and it was like there's uh, a box for like two fruitcakes. Oh. And there was only half the, of the fruitcake in the box. So I'm like... <laughs> I asked my mom and dad and my sister, I said, because my brother wasn't around when I asked, I said, did you guys get the other half of the fruitcake? No. So I'm like, this is odd. And then I got these uh, candles. Oh. They were like a, a scented candle. These were the worst smelling thing. I'd rather smell a, a decomposing body or something. Oh, man. And I looked at the bottom, to see, you know, the little stickers, usually it says where it's made. Right. It was all full of felt, like lint. So these things were obviously used or whatever. So I live in a condo. <laughs> so down the garbage chute, everything went. And then, yeah. but I, what I was going to do, what I was going to do was I, I was, cause I was going to give it, keep it and give it back to my brother the following Christmas. And then my parents said, no, don't do that. And then I hung on to it for a, you know, a little bit, but then I threw it down the garbage chute because yeah. I figured, no, I better not. But I was just horrified. It's like, I would have rather you got me nothing. Right. Man. And just that... say Merry Christmas or something. But I don't know what enters somebody's mind when, like, where's the, if you're going to give a box that obviously has two fruitcakes in it, and right. you're only going to give me half, <laughs> then, then just put it in a little, one of those little uh, dollar store Christmas gift bags or something. Right. But. I'd like to know, did he eat the other one? Did he get hungry or what did he do with it? Did he keep it? Did you ever find out? No, he never said anything. Oh man, the ongoing mystery. Now we just have to come up with the fantasies of what might have actually transpired with the other one and a half fruitcakes. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking because my family, we eat dinner late. He maybe right. got hungry and didn't say nothing. <laughs> well, you know, I guess if you're hungry, you'll just do anything for a meal. But ruining someone's gift like that, oh, for shame. For well, shame. anyway, you uh, you have a happy new year, you, you and your team. Then. You appreciate that, Kevin. Uh, thank you so much for the call. That's uh, Kevin out in Calgary, man. Uh, half a fruitcake. Come on, man. And I'd like on that note, to, do two fruitcakes constitute a good gift? I don't even think so, man. Like food should never be a gift. 
like a, a food coupon, like a gift card at a nice restaurant. Yeah, okay, that works. But like, come on, two fruit cakes. And it was a fruit cake. Like, <laughs> a come fruit on, cake. <laughs> exactly. Half an ice cream cake. That's like, that's different. If you're giving me red velvet, cake's great, right? Or like, red velvet, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, there's something there. Okay, I think we can enjoy this. But a fruit cake, come, fruit on. Cake? come yeah, on, no. This fruit cake wasn't good enough. Okay, the fruits in this cake weren't good enough to be turned into a smoothie, and the cake wasn't ready enough to be turned into like an actual cake, like a baker's cake. So it, it's just the worst of both worlds. I, I can't understand that. Uh, I got some text uh, submissions here. Lyle and Camloop says the worst gift was a Golden Girls T-shirt. Extra small. Best gift, however, was a Bruce Lee hoodie. I would have to say those are two very extremes from one side to the other. Uh, We got this one from Jay in Vancouver saying the worst gift I ever received was a snowmobile as a kid. I was never made for being on a mountain and the lower mainland never really sees a ton of snow. I would have to agree. If you were in Alberta, if you were in the Rockies, snowmobile probably makes more sense. Right. In Vancouver. That's just uh, burning your money where you don't need it. Uh, we got this one from my friend Betty out in Abbotsford. Uh, hot pink juicy couture velvet tracksuit from my mom one year. I remember. And Ryan, like you're you're making a face right now. Like juicy couture used to be the thing, the <gasps> oh, thing, no. especially that tracksuit. <laughs> and in my high school, without naming names, I know plenty of girls who would wear those tracksuits with the juicy like written slogan on the butt. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like in, in oh, the, in the it, it, oh man, just the worst kind of font possible. Man, mm-hmm. with the rhinestones too. Yes. Don't forget the rhinestones. The everywhere. rhinestones. It's the tracksuit. The whole package. The thing though is, if you wore that in 2020. People would look at you at first laugh and then go, that's fantastic. But if you, <laughs> you know, like that's, that would be my reaction. Just cringe. And right. then, you know what? Wear it. Heck yeah. yeah. I love it. Because oh, it's, it's gotten to a phase now where it's just ironic. Like it's humorous and you get some sort of bonus points for being able to pull it off with confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could ever, ever pull off anything Juicy Couture. Not that I think they have an inventory for men. But even ironically, like even as a joke, I'm not sure I have the confidence for that. You can pull off anything <laughs> just, if you wear it with confidence. Just believe, believe. Yep. That's the golden rule. Uh, we got this one from Jordy. Once got soap on a rope from my auntie. Not quite sure what kind of message she was trying to send me there. I would have to imagine <laughs> that is a little disconcerting. We, can, we got time for one more quick call. Uh, let's connect with Robert in Winnipeg. Welcome to The Shift. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. We've got about 60 seconds, so if okay, you can share quick. Shift, about five, five years old. A two-commit set, but it was pink, purple, and green. Whoa. Oof. I'm sorry. If I were to school, I would get so beat up in school, it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> well, they'd be, like, you'd be easy to track down because those are some hella neon colors. Exactly. You couldn't hide. You so would, like, yeah. I thought it's like, oh, so I lost it somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave it to you? Uh, fam, uh, relative. Okay. Well, you know. It's like, I'm thinking, yeah, I wear this. I'm going to get so beat up. It won't be funny. Man, I, I just can't imagine. Like, bullying, and it's tough enough being a student in high school, in, in middle yeah, school, whatever. Yeah, when you're five years old in, in, in a playground. Oh, in a playground, yeah. That's school, the toughest a, time. These ugly color, and the pom-pom on top of the toque as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't think so. <laughs> Robert, I hey, appreciate you giving us the call here tonight. Yeah, I call you guys all the time. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate yeah. that, and Happy New Year if we don't get to connect here. Yeah, not a problem. All right, that's uh, Robert in Winnipeg. The neon colors, uh, they are good for when you're, I don't know, jogging at night because you don't get hit by a car. Not so great when you're trying to run away from playground bullies and you're just lighting it up like the Northern Star. It's the Shift Podcast. Welcome to the world of weird things with Greg Fish. Happy to be connecting with Greg here for the last time in 2020. Finally, this abhorrent year is coming to an end. Greg, happy to connect with you. Before we dive in to another fascinating conversation in the world of weird things, I got to ask you here, Greg, what was the worst Christmas gift you ever received? Well, there's a bit of a catch with that because technically Christmas is not really my holiday. I'm uh-huh. a Jew, so. Fair enough. Yeah. What about any now, gift whatsoever? Ah, well, that is, you know, honestly, none really stand out. I have been uh, 
I've been pretty blessed in not being given awful gifts. So <laughs> since since I figured nothing really comes to mind, I don't think I'll be able to, to give your question its proper answer. It's either, Greg, you've received nothing but great gifts, which I hope is the case, or you've received something so terribly you've suppressed it in memory and it's now just been shuttered into the dark gray abyss of your mind, which is also totally, totally fine. But we've got you here to talk not about gifts that you might have received in the past, but some conspiracy theories and their uh, sorry conspiracy theorists and their obsession with basically manipulating minds please elaborate on what this is all about all right so let's start with the classic tinfoil hat anytime that you have someone spouting conspiracy theory you always have someone responding hey um you want to check your uh, tinfoil hat it might be a little bit too tight and researchers at MIT decided, well, let's have fun with it and actually see if tinfoil hats block any sort of frequencies because the whole point of it is that supposedly um, certain radio frequencies that governments and potentially security services use are supposed to manipulate your mind. Mm. And so they thought, well, this is actually, do the tinfoil hats actually block anything? And they found that, no, if anything, tinfoil hats actually amplify signals. Oh, which wow makes total sense because they are made of metal so that's that of course of course it works that way and uh just really having fun with it the team at mit said well you know if we were really also conspiracy theorists ourselves we'd say that you have fake conspiracy theorists who are selling tinfoil to make tinfoil hats <laughs> in order to make the conspiracy theorists more susceptible to the propaganda that they're supposedly resisting but of course they said we're just we're just messing with people but that actually got me thinking and going through about all the obsessions that the conspiracy theorists have with ways that your mind is supposed to be manipulated by certain frequencies. Uh, pick a famous conspiracy theorist and they'll tell you that, oh, there's this broadcast, there's this spectrum of broadcast frequencies, there's a certain, um, certain frequency at which your mind is more suggestible or um, they can adjust the way that you see reality. And it's a big component in a lot of these grand conspiracy theories of everything, including flat earth mm. that, you know, there's that that's actually partially where 5g conspiracies come from where, you know, it's affecting your mind. It's affecting your body because it's radiation and radiation is bad. And therefore it's doing something bad to you. So when you really get bogged down into detail, a lot of these theories really stop making sense because honestly your your mind cannot be manipulated by just a radio frequency the only way to manipulate what's going on in your mind is with a specially designed magnet and it has to be literally on your skull hmm. directed at exactly a certain part of the brain and even then the effects are very mild and very temporary they'll last maybe 30 40 minutes at the very most Interesting because, you know, there's people that, okay, for, for example, I'm not a dog owner, but dog whistles, right? They're so interesting because we as human beings can't pick it up. And yet for dogs, it just makes them go wild. And it's, it's a dog whistle for a reason. So maybe people take that sort of idea and think, well, there's got to be some sort of radio frequency that just totally lets you reprogram your mind, dude, because these things, they're real. And the human ear is obviously imperfect. And if we can't pick up dog whistles, what else are we not picking up on? And partially that's true. We are not picking up on a lot. And actually there are subsonic frequency, which we can't hear, but we can feel. And horror movies actually use them all the time. Mm. So if you ever watch the horror movie and yeah, the music is a little low, but you all of a sudden have this really weird sense of dread and anguish and anticipation in front of a jump scare. They're actually using that specific, that specific subsonic frequency that kind of disrupts your, your breathing. And makes you feel like there's a presence, there's something wrong, I need to get out of here. It plays with your senses. So we know about that. We know that we know that particular trick. That said, however, this is just um, <clears throat> going from that to actually manipulating your mind is a is a huge um, is a huge leap. Right. It just that's just not how your brain works. So the question then becomes is why are people so obsessed with the idea that your mind can be manipulated in the first place? I mean, isn't that scary to think of your mind being manipulated? And if we put ourselves in the conspiracy theorist's shoes, look at it this way. They have all of these imaginary enemies that are harassing them, all these things that keep them up at night, all these things that they're angry about and, and want to fight. 
and yet no one seems to see them. Um, only their fellow conspiracy theorists on social media or their closest friends seem to actually relate to them. Hmm. So the question for them becomes is like, why, why can't anyone else that I really want to see the world my way, why can't they see the same things that I do? Why can't they be scared of the same things that I'm scared of? And the answer is, well, obviously, they're being manipulated from seeing the truth. Mm -hmm. And because I am somehow very special and very smart and understand things that other people don't, I can see through that disguise and I know what's really going on. So they're just all brainwashed sheeple. And that's the way that it is. And I must warn them about the fact that they're brainwashed sheeple, which will make me really smart. Well, it's interesting because, Greg, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Of course. Right. And in the, uh, in the film and in the novel, you know, there's this gun that uh, they're after called the point of view gun. And I feel like in some ways people think like this is reality where, no, there's no like actual object that you can point at somebody and just all of a sudden have them think exactly the way you think and have them sympathize with your position. But maybe in a way like 2020 has shown that this is technology that some people want to exist. And that kind of should scare people because, you know, part of being a human being is having independent beliefs and opinions. Well, the thing about the point of view gun is that it was not really invented to control people's minds. Mm -hmm. The Intergalactic Council of Angry Housewives just wanted people to understand somebody else's <laughs> point of view. That's very it correct. was an empathy gun. Yes. It was an empathy gun, yes. not a mind control gun. So let's get that very, very straight. Um, also, quick tidbit. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a very important book in my household. So I, I, if I did not get this right, when my wife would be listening to this, I would get, <laughs> I, I would get severely reprimanded for not getting this right. That's fair, and uh, always bring a towel with you. That's the golden rule. Uh, if you always. Always. You always it's, need a towel. Exactly. Now, it, it, we're, we're on the heels of something that uh, played in England and throughout the United Kingdom. This fake broadcast from Queen Elizabeth, of course, the Queen of Canada, uh, where somebody took this technology of deep faking. And for those that don't know, deep faking is essentially creating this video, uh, a, a, an illusion, really, where they're taking all of this uh, technology and, and contorting photos or maybe pre-existing footage of people, real people, and then having them manipulated into saying or doing things that are just totally fictional. And yet when you see it being played out in video, it looks real. It sounds real. And this was delivered on Christmas Day around the entire world. So people may be looking at this and the articles related to the deep faking of the queen and thinking, well, if they're doing this, even as a joke in some ways, what else are they doing? Like, are we seeing actual uh, world leaders making these addresses or is this all being deep faked? And it's got people just a little bit paranoid as to what is really real. Well, in a way, they, they should be. You should always be questioning your sources and what information is being presented and whether it makes sense in, in the broader context of the way that, that facts are. Um, and the interesting thing about deepfakes, though, is that because these are artificial neural networks manipulating how images look, they leave artifacts mm -hmm. that other artificial networks um, can detect. So we can't actually identify that something has been deepfaked. That said, however, we could grab footage that conspiracy theorists latch onto, say, hey, this has been deepfaked, our algorithm um, has detected that there's manipulation, there's artifacts, especially around the mouth, around the nose, the areas that have a lot of muscles and are very difficult to get exactly right. Um, and they will, they will tell you, no, you are actually the ones who are lying because this is the real truth. And you can say that you detected anything that's deep faked. So they set up this peripheral circular argument where what they believe is true, and if you believe otherwise, then you're a brainwashed sheep. It all comes back to the general idea of they want to claim exclusive ownership of reality. Mm. They want to be right. They want to be special. They want to direct their rage and their feelings of powerlessness and their feelings of frustration towards an enemy they've already identified and set their sights on. And because cognitive dissonance will not allow them to move away from that particular enemy, it doesn't really matter whether the evidence that they're looking at has been deep faked or not. It, it really doesn't matter whether it's true or not. They will somehow shoehorn it into fitting their particular worldview. So 
we we should absolutely be concerned about um, deepfake videos that are meant to embarrass or take out of context or manipulate things that real politicians, that real leaders, that real experts say for the benefit of someone who's trying to raise money off of this or cause a panic or or cause some sort of a social disruption. Um, and at the same time, though, we need to realize that people um, will believe what they want to believe, especially when they have a very, very strong incentive to do so. Right. Yeah. I think you, you've summed it up very, very nicely here that people, especially now in a world where you can just choose to find anything that supports your argument, whether it's a valid statement or not, you can find it online. And, and again, those are the inherent risks of being in a digital world where information is out there, whether it's true and accurate or not. It's kind of up to you. And uh, whether you want to interpret it as truth, well, that's totally subjective. And that's, again, the dangers and hazards as we move closer and closer into that virtual reality that's uh, starting to take a little bit more into effect in our everyday lives. Greg, uh, we appreciate you connecting with us as always. This is the final time we're chatting with you uh, for the year. Uh, on behalf of everyone here on The Shift, all of our listeners, and I'm sure on behalf of Shane, who can't be here tonight, uh, we want to thank you for all the contributions you've made here on the show. And we really look forward to hearing from you again in the early parts of 2021 as we check into the world weir uh, world of weird things with Craig Fish. Always a pleasure. You got it. And uh, one of our listeners also texted in, Eve in Calgary. She says, so long and thanks for all the fish. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so nice. Oh, I love it. Hey, Greg, appreciate you as always. We'll connect in the next year, my man. Happy New Year. You too. Take care. This is the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's right. Sneakers. Donald. I love that. That's, <laughs> I'm glad you finally heard that. That is it was good. great. That is, that is, is great. fun. All right, Ryan, take us away. Uh, where are we going with In Case You Missed It Tonight? You are in for a treat, my friend. You wanted to hear it In Case You Missed It. Well, how about for my first one in your presence, you get to watch me roast myself. <laughs> yes. Well, let, right. me, let me get the log here. As oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw on the log. He's on it tonight. Throw yeah. it on. So these guys created an AI that looks into your Spotify library and roasts you on it. Okay. Oh. So it's created by these uh, this group called Digital Culture Publication. And basically what it does is it'll you give it permission to go through the Spotify. And I checked all the privacy stuff. It's It's legit. It's good. And it basically is a parody of Spotify Wrapped, whereas instead of saying, hey, here's all the cool music you explored and saw this year, it's like, wow, you listen to that? Are you serious? <laughs> and I thought it would be fun if I did it live for you oh, right now, all right. Shift Heads. I'm gonna, I have it booted up right now, and I'm going to read to you what the AI is saying to me as it goes through my library. So I'm hitting play right now. Loading your music library, limiting, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so analyzing your listening history. Lol. OMG. <laughs> okay, hold up. Do you really listen to Ask 2011 Remaster by the Smiths? Why, Mr. AI? Of course I do. I love that song. <laughs> it just asked me, like, ironically, uh, the answers I can pick are lol, yeah, or no. I'm going to put no because I love that song. Just says cool, dot, dot, dot. All right, it's doing some more scanning. Seeing plenty of rock, okay? Finding a lot of the Smiths, like a lot. <laughs> oh boy, Apocalypse Dreams by Tame Impala. That's a great song. Mm. Leave me alone on that one. Oh great, another Beach Boys stan. <laughs> I do like the Beach Boys. A stan, if you don't know, is somebody who's obsessed to a band to a, uh, a an uncomfortable amount. Okay, what's next here? You've been listening to the uh, to the Smiths a lot lately. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it says no reason. Scanning, scanning. Of course, Carpenter Brute, really cool uh, electronic uh, uh, fit if you're into uh, 80s synth music. All right, it says one last thing. Okay, oh, all right, how do I make this PG? Okay, it's asking me to, uh, I'll just say, be very friendly, marry, or kill a band. Okay? Oh. So I my choices are Tame Impala, which is kind of a modern psychedelic synth band, the Beach Boys and Judas Priest. I love all three of these really. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Tame Impala. Mm, nice. I'm gonna be really good friends with 
Judas Priest, and okay. I'm going to kill the Beach Boys. And Whoa. when I say that, this is very hard for me. I Whoa. love the Beach Boys. Whoa. But I mostly love like three of their albums. The rest of it is good. Fair enough. Three of their albums are amazing. Okay, so I'm moving on now. Yeah, and, and when you have like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 13 albums of uh, Judas Priest. Yes. Uh, great choice. Great, great choice. choice. Okay, it just asked me if I've ever been to Coachella. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have not been to Coachella, clearly. <laughs> That's what it says. Okay, all right. Well, this has been interesting. Let's get your final score. All right, it's calculating. Okay, my Spotify was pretty good, it says. Oh, no, JK. <laughs> oh, now it's deleting that. My Spotify was bad. Aww. Okay, ouch. Mason jar candle from Target, new wave bed bath and beyond bad. Oh, Christmas soundtrack bad. My Spotify has been rated Mason jar candle from Target, new wave bed bath and beyond Christmas bad. Oh boy. Thank my obsession with the Fleet Foxes, new wave music and last Christmas for that. Based on my listening habits, I can tell my Spotify was wrote in Kanye for president bad, <laughs> heavy eyeliner, <laughs> post-punk bad, boomer bad, craft beer snob, uh, yeah. yeah, liberal arts hip-hop bad, but wait, it gets worse. Uh, just kind of ranking some of my top tracks here. Oh, this is nice. I'm 17% basic. Okay, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> and now it says, oh my God, I'm finally free. I'm shutting down now. Go to hell. That was wow. really funny. Oh, I love Okay, that. well, check that out. Spotify AI. If you want to get roasted by your uh, by your music library, do it and then tell me about it tomorrow or tonight, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. You're right. You oh, get, boy. You can handle the roasting. Oh, golly. Oh, geez. John, I'm excited for you to hear this. This is my segment. I do almost every in case you missed it. Twitter made me laugh today. So let's do this. Tweet of the day. This is my tweet of the day, John. This is where I highlight the tweet that made me laugh or smile the most. And I have another really good one. So I was browsing my feed and I came across this fantastic tweet from Olive Garden. Oh, okay. Drop your last three used emojis and we'll tell you what you should order for dinner tonight. Okay. The first response is courtesy of Red Lobster, like the actual restaurant chain. And the emojis it picked is a red block, a lobster, and the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> Olive Garden responded by saying, order some poison so you bleep and die. Oh. JK, JK, get our lasagna classico. Yum, smiley face. Wow. That's real, hey? That's real. Oh, I and, love it. Uh, this actually got me thinking. Uh, Matt might remember this, but... And I think the very first tweet of the day I did, I highlighted a comedian who takes uh, different pieces of media and puts it in a bot and forces the bot to watch thousands of hours of it so right. the bot can create a script. We did a Rudy Giuliani press conference. Well, the very first one that was ever made was a Red Lobster ad. <laughs> Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Because I can, I'm going to do a live reading. So for those of you, just a quick uh, understanding this person created a robot, a, a program that will watch or take in content and then try to write a script for a screenplay using it. So the English is completely broken. It makes no sense whatsoever, but it's absolutely fantastic and it's so funny. So without further ado, the Olive Garden commercial. Interior, Olive Garden restaurant. A group of friends laughs at a dinner table. A waitress comes to deliver what could be considered food. Waitress, pasta nachos for you. We see the pasta nachos. They're warm and defeated. Friend one, the menu is here. Waitress, lasagna wings with extra Italy. We see the lasagna. We see the lasagna wings. There's more Italy than necessary. Friend two, I shall eat Italian citizens. Waitress, unlimited stick. We see the unlimited stick. It is infinite. It is all. <laughs> oh, that was really good. Okay. Ooh, center control. Right. Oh, that's okay. good. I like Friend three. I'm almost, I'm not done yet. Uh, this keeps going. Friend three. Leave without me. I'm home. <laughs> Waitress. Gluten Classico from the kitchen. We, the Gluten Classico. We believe the waitress that it is from the kitchen. We have no reason not to believe. Friend four says nothing. Friend one says, what's wrong, friend four? 
Friend four says nothing. Friend two says to friend four, what is wrong, friend four? Friend four smiles wide. Her mouth is full of secret soup. <laughs> Announcer, and it says in brackets, wet voice, Olive Garden. When you're here, you're here. <laughs> wow. Oh, you're here. You're here. That's what happens when you get a computer to uh, spit out a screenplay. Oh, yep. lovely. I mean, I would like some extra Italy with my infinite sticks. Yeah, I want infinite. I haven't had breadsticks in forever, man. Infinite stick. It is infinite. It is, it is infinite. All. It is all. Oh, classic. Oh. Uh, so great. So Twitter is a wonderful place, and I like to highlight the things that make me laugh on it. Uh, so moving on. Uh, Netflix, you know, as 2020 wraps, we get a lot of like in review and Netflix is no different. So Netflix has put together some kind of preliminary stats of Canada's lists or watching habits. So, okay. According to Netflix, this year, Canadians watched more than twice as much K-drama hmm. than in 2019. That doesn't surprise me with BTS and uh, a lot of South Korean culture becoming a lot more mainstream. People are exploring more than just K-pop. So that's not too uh, surprising. Uh, Kingdom and the King, Eternal Monarch were the most popular titles in the genre. I don't get that. I, I'm a Korean guy and I still don't even understand why it's become such a sensation. But I digress. Uh, yeah, I don't, I can't speak to it. I've never really ingested it. I mean, K-pop sounds like cool pop music, but mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't get the, the, the oomph behind it all. But I mean, I don't want Jason Manalas to come and attack me in my sleep. So Jason, BTS is so good. J Jason They're can so attack great. me all he wants. K-pop is garbage. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not a fan. Uh, sorry, Sparkle yeah, Pants. It's, yeah. just, it's just like, it's just like, you know, it's just kind of like uh, uh, boy bands. I think it's a phase It'll come in waves. It will never go away, but it'll come in waves. We, we, I will do a deep dive on the K-pop industry one day, and it, it's dark. I, I can't support that industry. But again, I, I digress. Yeah, okay. I, I don't want to say. I'm down for that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. And then we can get Jason to come on and then smack <laughs> us all. Uh, so uh, some more stats. So this year was a huge year for reality TV. Shows like Love is Blind, The Last Dance, Tiger King mm. were top 10 for more than 30 days. I loved Love is Blind. That show is horrible and I loved it. <laughs> I love watching these people make such stupid decisions. It made me feel so much better about everything I do in life. And uh, my girlfriend and I, like we quote it still as kind of like our inside joke. Uh, and it's, uh, if you haven't watched it and you just want to kind of laugh and you can put up with reality TV, mm. uh, watch it. Um, now, we don't have Canada's stats on this yet, which is interesting. But in the U.S., they actually now know what the top uh, show of the year was for the United States. And I apologize. My script is just like kind of frozen here. You can do a computer. Come on. It's fine. You you know, Internet is a thing. Oh, there we go. We're back. Okay, so here it is. Can you guys guess what the most watched show on Netflix in the United States was last year or this year? I want to say Peaky Blinders. Okay. Matt? Uh, Tiger King. Okay, close. All right. Well, I got a clip that should give it away pretty quick. Nice. Yeah. The Office. Nice. Yeah, not even close. Okay, get this. This is insane. So Real Good, which is a streaming service tracker in the U.S., they ranked the titles by the number of times they were featured on Netflix's daily lists, so most watched. The Office had 178 appearances between February 27th and December 9th. Okay, unfortunately for Netflix, it's moving to Peacock, the new NBC streaming service. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately for NBC, I'm just going to buy The Office on Google Play so I don't have to get another stupid subscription service uh so there's that but the next closest one was a show called coco melon or coco melon mm -hmm. 104 appearances wow ozark 57 schitt's creek 55 and avatar the last airbender 54 wow interesting sets uh it's cool to see avatar getting a resurgence yeah. that is one of the greatest animated shows of all time uh but it's crazy to think 178 compared to 104 for the yeah. closest. I mean, so, that, that's a yeah. stark difference. And I wonder if people yeah. were really into it this year because they knew that it was falling out of the uh, Netflix library at the end of the year. You know, yep. you, but it, it's a great show. So I, I can't, I can't knock that. I didn't even think no. about The Office, but it's a great show. Yeah, and it's my it's my most watched show of all time. In fact, I put it on as white noise, as I mentioned, when I'm working, when I'm gathering everything for right. this show, yeah. I put that on the background. So. Awesome. 
there's that. Oh, and I got one more quick little thing here for you. This is interesting. Apple is moving forward with a brand new item. But we want to take the Apple experience even further. And we saw an opportunity to transform another fundamental method of transit. And we call it Apple Car. <laughs> Apple Car was created by Apple and built on principles that we stand for, like simplicity and transparency and privacy. Okay, so that was from an announcement a few years ago. Right. But Reuters got some new information because a lot of people thought the project was dead because they hadn't talked about it. But apparently, Apple's targeting a 2024 uh, date to produce a passenger vehicle that could include its own breakthrough battery technology, which I laughed really hard at because if there's one thing Apple is really horrible at, it's making batteries that are, you know, good. Yeah. Uh, according to Reuters, the car incorporates a new battery design that could radically increase the car's range and decrease the car's cost, you know, for four years and then the battery will die and you have to buy the new car. Right. Um, so interesting. It's probably going to be stupid expensive, but it'll yep. be electric and there's rumors it could be self-driving in a, some capacity. Uh, it'll be interesting to, interesting to see how that affects Tesla's market share. But uh, there you go, Apple. I think it was only a matter of time, but uh, oh man, can't wow. wait to uh, can't wait to have uh, have those on the road and then have the battery die out. Or do you think like the windscreen will completely shatter if like one little pebble hits it? <laughs> you could never drive one of those in Canada ever. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if Apple falls in line with their more recent trend of uh, not including like headphones or even a charging cable with their phones now. So you they get don't the give car, you tires. yeah, you, you get the get car, tires. but you don't get the steering wheel until you pay extra for it. So uh, sorry, we're just trying to help the environment. It's interesting though. I think you bring up a fair point. How is Tesla's market share going to look like here? And I, I've heard that argument, especially from my dad, because I, you know, I have this conversation with my dad. I'm like, oh, I, I really think Tesla's really cool. My dad was like, nah, don't worry. Don't waste your time with the cars that are like that for now. Wait four or five years, and then the batteries will be good enough right? for you to actually yeah. consider it a, a decent purchase. And this yeah. kind of falls in line with maybe what he's talking about. So Apple batteries. Go. We'll have Apple to see. Cars. But there you All go. Right. Here's in case you missed it. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.